Hello, welcome back to Satellite Stories. Today we have a little taste of something we've been working on behind the scenes for you. SES's Roundtable Discussion Series. Now this is where we get together the people in the know at SES and delve into a hot topic. We capture, share and offer insight into where we think the industry is headed next. This time, we're exploring the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the satellite industry and what that meant for the crews, aero, telecommunications and government segments. And we've a stellar lineup to offer some of the highlights of this new production. So, welcome to our podcast series. I'm your host, Christina Smithmeyer. When the world came to a halt in 2020, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, it led to big changes for the satellite industry. Number one, the drastic impact on the cruise and aviation industries screeching to a halt left us concerned for our customers, knowing it could take years to rebuild economically. I mean, would they survive such devastating consequences financially? And number two, with more people working and staying at home, there was a surge in better, faster, more reliable connectivity than ever before. There were also a few interesting side notes too. For some organizations, the pandemic offered a chance to take stock, to pause, to refill, to renew and refresh, such as a few of our customers in the aviation industry who used this as an opportunity to update the satellite communication technology on their grounded aircrafts. Plus, there were changes to consumer expectations too. Stable, reliable Wi-Fi is now expected as a standard, wherever we are, as these days we expect to enjoy home luxuries on the road. And as you'll hear later on, we've got examples where the medical industry embraced connectivity to share knowledge, skills, and professional opinions to how we supported the maritime sector and thousands of seafarers who were left stranded at sea. And that's just a handful of headlines we learnt from our recent roundtable discussion, which was filmed in Luxembourg with market specialists based at our head office. Today, I'm going to share a few of those lessons with you, but just so you know, you can watch the films in full on our website as well. Visit ses.com insights to find out more. So, while I've got your attention, let's begin. First, I'll introduce our four guests. Starting with strategy analyst Bishwazit Gogoi. You know, the whole network system was under pressure because uh, suddenly a lot of people went online at the same time. Manager of strategy and marketer intelligence at SES, Deepu Pillai. I mean, almost 400,000 seafarers were out in the sea when this pandemic happened. and uh, But this has resulted in a kind of increased demand for connectivity from the merchant shipping. On the government side, we meet manager Pia Kupari. The level of acceleration that came with the pandemic, I think it just was a kind of a, a catalyst. And last but not least, Elizabeth Eberhardt a senior analyst in the strategy and market intelligence team. Yes, it halted a lot of production and a lot of activity, but at the same time kind of spurred a little bit of this more need for connectivity and more need for automation and for not necessarily having people there on the ground. Let's stay with Elizabeth for a moment longer. 
If you look at, for example, oil and gas, you know, uh, there's been a lot of companies that have really been pushing digitalization and automating certain processes. Um, but maybe that whole uh, digitalization process has been sped up now instead of just shutting down production. It was also how, how can we make things more automated and also make sure that we don't put more staff on these rigs and offshore platforms than we, than we absolutely necessarily need because we're risking uh, people's lives by putting them together. So it's an interesting, even though the segments are all very different, there is kind of a similarity in terms of that need for pushing more for more connectivity. The tourism and travel industries were hugely impacted during the COVID-19 pandemic. That was something that hit all of us. Whether we were used to traveling abroad for work or for sunbathing in a warmer climate on a family holiday. But perhaps an industry less heard about on the evening news is the maritime sector. On any given day, pre-pandemic times of course, there were approximately 1 million seafarers at sea on approximately 60,000 cargo ships. In 2020, pretty much overnight, vessels across the world were stopped dead in their tracks, some for as long as 18 months. Now, our maritime specialists tell us the average time spent online by a seafarer is two to four hours, and almost half of the commercial shipping crew said they'd change employers to receive better internet at sea. So having good connection counts, particularly if you want to attract and retain the best staff and especially if they're miles away from their family during a global pandemic. Elizabeth Deepu and Bishwazit reflect on this during their conversation. To attract talent within the commercial shipping field, you have to offer uh, connectivity that that's kind of become, I don't know, a cost of entry almost to be able to attract uh, talent going forward, whereas maybe before it was a nice to have. We are seeing that the new people who are coming, the new days, they are like a new breed of uh, passengers that we have who want their Netflix still to go on even when they're in the middle of the ocean. And yeah. these guys need this multi gigabits of capacity. But that brings up a really interesting question too, because you know it sounds like satellite has just made so many uh, strides in terms of how how much it's been changing and how much mm-hmm. it's capable of doing now that it might not have been able to, you know, in terms of latency and in terms of all of those other things. And now we're getting to a point where people may not really see so much the difference between yes. infrastructures, where there will be truly this seamless kind of yeah. uh, experience, mm-hmm. and where people are saying, ah, I'm, you know, I'm infrastructure structure agnostic, really, because I don't see uh, any downside uh, between satellite connectivity compared to terrestrial. And it sounds like we're kind of starting to approach that uh, that point. The government naval vessels, uh, they were not kind of used to the high throughput, uh, low latency uh, solutions. They kind of uh, started using that during the COVID time um, for the medical ships and or and now they see it as a big opportunity like i mean to provide more connectivity and I, this is going to stay because once uh, you are providing connectivity to the people and people get used to the crew welfare connectivity getting connected back to home like i mean they are not going to give up for that give up on that so it's kind of a pivot point yeah. for a lot of industries to change yeah. uh, the way that they're doing things going forward and maybe that covid has kind of been a uh, an instigator of a lot of that change, but it doesn't look like we're entering into more our customers is obviously the improved innovations and, and improved connectivity, but also flexibility. 
uh, customers don't sometimes know. I mean, whether it's by fiber or it's terrestrially or by satellite. They may not but want to know either. They, yeah, they, they just been, want to know exactly, that the, yeah. what, they, what they need is going to be delivered to them when they need it. It's a, a little bit similar in terms of uh, oil and gas in, in terms of that, that need for uh, increased digitalization and connected crew and that being an expectation. In recent months, there has been light at the end of the dark tunnel. All four specialists agreed expectations have changed as a result of the pandemic. There has been also a technology push that happened mm. to enable this connectivity to these uh, shipping companies. For example, the satellite capacity, the innovations in the high-throughput satellite systems, uh, the cost-effective capacity, the flexibility that we can provide, the innovations in the terminals, these have all made, like I mean, providing connectivity, satellite connectivity to the ships more, more and more affordable. So they were grounded, so they had the time actually to prepare the hardware uh, and refurbish the aircraft so that we are ready to receive these kind of connectivity solutions. So they come ready, they come out ready today and today we are seeing a huge demand. I mean, the moment the airline industry has gone back, same we are seeing with the cruise industry. So one of our customers, Royal Caribbean, I mean, they, they are posting incredible numbers that customers want bandwidth, they want to spend money, they want to just continue the lifestyle they maintain. And of course, we as SES, we are ready with our Empower and SES 17 solutions to give that. Meanwhile, sales manager Pia from the global government team highlighted a trend, the concept of whether SES continues to offer all customers tailored solutions versus standardized packages. Especially in the government world, we see more tailored solutions just due to the nature of business uh, of, of our customers. Uh, uh, and, and I think in companies, and, and this is not unique to SAS, I think this is also to mm. something that uh, touches our competitors, yeah. it touches our customers, where we have to kind of find that balance of saying, okay, to which extent we, we, we provide standardized uh, connectivity solutions yeah. and to what market and at what price point is, is right and works for the customer. And then on the other hand, providing that flexibility, mm -hmm. uh, what Elizabeth was talking about, yeah. and, and, and being able to tailor the connectivity to, to be it an airplane, be it... Uh, Even underground. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think we're looking at this kind of questions Balance. are big at the moment in many uh, companies, inc including SAS. During the pandemic, many of us wanted to be connected to our family, wherever they were in the world, to make sure they were okay. And this demand to contact them with a touch of a button, quickly and clearly, is something we've grown used to. And the luxury of working from home or while on the road is a trend that's likely to stick around. Even though we're coming back into the office, I think a lot of people will have hybrid models. That It's shown that we don't have to be in the same location to work effectively or to collaborate, so we can, we can do this. And I think that the pandemic proved what people have been saying for a long time, yeah, yeah. is that we don't have to be sitting together physically to be able to do things. Now we really do have the technical tools and the connectivity to a certain degree. And I think that the pandemic had to bring that to the forefront and to make that a reality, that's gonna change the landscape for the future as well. We expected always a free Wi-Fi at hotels or even in the restaurant that we go, we ask for a free Wi-Fi hotspot. 
but somehow at work or at the ship or in aircraft, you know, we never asked about, you know, can I have, where's the password for the Wi-Fi at the hotspot? But I think this, this comes as the out, output of COVID now because as we brought work to home, we also are taking the luxuries of home to our workplace. You know, we expect those same luxuries. We expect the fiber connection when we are working in, on the ship, on the aircraft, or even if we are on an oil platform on, out in the sea. So we do expect that, you know, that we will be able to connect yeah. to people. I think it's also uh, really great that we we can do this in, in areas across fixed data, but also in other applications too. I think there was also a lot of needs from remote hospitals as well uh, during COVID in terms of being connected and being able to share data. Um, we've had a number of abilities to uh, connect hospitals via SatMed in remote locations, for example, in Bangladesh, allowing these hospitals then to share patient data and also allowing them to help triage as well. Um, just the sheer fact that they had so many patients and so much information to go through, they could share that patient data with other hospitals. So where are we headed? What's next for SES? What will our future goals be to ensure we satisfy both customer and consumer desire? Take your story anywhere is our company motto. And it seems we've still plenty of work to do. We have almost 37% of the global population that is unconnected. That is almost 2.9 billion people. So the efforts to connect these people, that will be driving the demand. Five years from now, ten years from now, I think we are seeing a ubiquitous connected world and that's where I think uh, SAS is going to play a major and prominent role in achieving it. And SAS is bringing some innovation into the game in, in, in the sense that we're just preparing uh, and launching our uh, Empower satellite, which is a new generation MIO satellite constellation. I mean, it's huge, it's huge. We're talking about terabits of capacity, yeah? making it easier to work in office applications, uh, be it SAP, be it uh, whatever you need to do. We can't rely uh, on today to predict tomorrow. And I think that uh, the, the flexibility that we provide in our services and the way that we work with our customers and the way we partner with our customers is gonna continue to be absolutely critical to being able to provide connectivity where it's needed, but also what our customers are really looking for in terms of that trusted partnership and be able to bring them solutions. Our thanks to Elizabeth, Pia, Deepu and Bishwazid. To hear their full discussion or even watch them sat at the round table, visit our website for more information. This film and other valuable resources are at ses.com forward slash insights. Thanks so much for listening and following our series. Until next time, stay connected.